What up? You tuned in to the CEO OD podcast, where this podcast is about my independent travels through life and the conversations I have along the way. This is episode five, Living Legend. And my special guest tonight is the one and only Living Legend himself, the Snipers. What up, my dude? Yes, sir. What up with it, OD? What's good? What's good? Chilling, man. Just, uh, man. How you feeling? Nah, you ain't trying. You ain't trying. I see you. I've been seeing you get it. I've been seeing you get it. Man, I'm, I'm just trying, <laughs> bro. <laughs> hey, man, keep up the good work, man. I've been, I've been following you and watching you on Facebook on your on your journey, too. Uh, doing your thing, getting your health in order, and that's a hey, gratitude and much love to you for oh, that no, because uh, that's that's a major, major thing, you know. Because nowadays, I mean, what can you do if you don't got help? You know what Straight I'm up. saying? Who can you help, and how can you help them if you if you can't help yourself first? So, you got to be a little bit selfish in life and take care of yourself. And I see you doing that. My hats off to you, bro. Oh man, I appreciate. It. I had to. I almost lost my life. <laughs> Went to the doctor. Yeah, well, huh? What happened? I, I, um, I, I, I wasn't hip to that one. Yeah, I don't really, I ain't post nothing about it. But, you know, one day I was in the crib and I cut my foot. And I was watching a movie and um, I cut my foot and my foot ain't stopped bleeding. The whole movie went through and the credits wow. rolled. And that, that joint was still bleeding. I had to run to the hospital and um, they patched my, uh, they patched my leg up with sand. I ain't never seen nothing like that. Sand? Like, yeah, it's like, like it's it's not be sand. It's like it look like sand. So what it do is it clog it clog the um the wound up and make the blood dry quick so the wound can heal. So wow. yeah. Yeah, so they clog they they um they passed it up, you know what I'm saying? I went to the crib or whatever. And then they was like, You probably got high blood pressure or diabetes or something, because it wouldn't heal. So long story short, I went to the doctor and the dude was telling me like, yeah, you diabetic, high blood pressure. He like, you super stressed out. He like, basically can have a heart attack any day now. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that, was, that, that's definitely not no joke. That's definitely not no joke, man. I mean, I, I, I battle with that myself, high blood pressure. Yeah. So yeah, I, I actually uh, I actually am pre hypertension. Like basically, if I take care of it now, I won't have full blown high blood pressure. So they got me on amlodipine, ten milligrams of. They up up me from five milligrams to two. I didn't even know myself. I haphazardly went to the hospital just like you, not feeling well. Well, not like you in the, in the sense I went not feeling well. You know just trying to get some help for how I was feeling and yeah. I found out but it's good you you know it's good you found out and you know you're taking care of it you take the steps to take care of it yeah I definitely I ain't I was like scared cause I ain't really the one for pills and stuff and I was like realistically one of the OG's told me like man watch out for that stuff that mess up your that mess up your young man downstairs I was like what <laughs> yeah yeah I, I heard that too but uh yeah, it's good you take care of it because you know help. You don't have help, man. What do you have? That's that's more important than money than anything because you can have a billion dollars and if you're not healthy enough to spend it, what good is it? Yeah, I want. Yeah, I definitely and I want to be around for my kids and enjoy my career and stuff. You know what I mean? No doubt. But yeah. And so and then about that too, man. What's what's going on with that new project you you, you dropping? I, I'm I'm hearing a lot of things back and forth in Chicago about it. Got a chance uh, to peep in some of it. I'm fucking with it hard, man. What what's going on with that? Uh, the Freedom Project. You know, I I dropped yeah. that right before quarantine, and I ain't know. Of course, I didn't know quarantine was gonna happen. So you know, what I mean, I dropped that, and I just been uh pushing that out because that's like my that was my that's my album album. So I really put my foot in it, but it's hard to it was hard to promote it during quarantine. So we just, I'm just gonna re push it out and do some more, uh, and probably do like a part two. I'm working on the part two right now, but that's all we've been doing, just trying to do like finding a way to get to the fans because you can't do nothing like we used to. 
Yeah, it's it's rough out here, bro. What's it's what rough. you got? What you working on? <clears throat> well, uh, <clears throat> I'm actually uh, I'm I'm doing a little bit of uh, CEO and uh, I'm doing some CEO type behind the scenes move. I'm doing a lot of uh, work with my son's project, uh, Do Out Now. Everybody go check him out. Okay. Uh, I've been uh, basically what I've been doing lately. Uh, me and my guys, the Snipers, we're talking about doing a reunion album, one last go around, because uh, a lot of people don't know, but uh, this last album that I put out, Snipers for Life EP, and the forthcoming album that's that's coming from it, uh, I am about to retire. I'm gonna I'm go ahead and let my son take over and okay. and, uh, and uh, bow out grace for me, man. It's been a long run. We've been in there what 22 years and. What you say? I'm listening. Hello? You still there? Uh, let me see if he's still here. Yo, I can't hear you. Hello? Yeah, hello, hello. Hello? Yo, yo. Yeah, yeah you know, I'm still here. Yeah, you had blinked out. All, all I heard was you say that you was uh you was bowing out. It's been twenty two years. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's some bad reception going on, but yeah, uh, part in the body. But yeah, so, I'm uh, what, what I was doing with that last release. Uh, uh, I basically let my son do sound now, take over all of the uh, the uh, the whole CEO for that album. He's been releasing everything off of his label. MFR, Main Focal Records Entertainment. And uh, I've been laying back, you know, giving him the game and uh, just basically letting him take that album and that, that project and work it and run it. So all the releases that you guys been seeing, uh, that's been coming uh, from my son, from his label, Main Focal Records. And of course, my label, Millionaire Music Entertainment as well. Oh, uh, main, focal, main Focal Entertainment, should I say. And uh, so, yeah, I've been, you know, trying to pass the torch down to him and let that go. We got a new single that's uh, that's out now. Uh, he and I, uh, we're actually working on the second one. The second one just got released uh, probably about a week, week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's what that's that's what I've been doing. I've been working behind the scenes, uh, helping, helping with this project. And uh, also just getting that off the ground. Now, we, we're, we're in the talking stages now, uh, of uh, releasing that that last Snipers album for the people, so we got okay. we got a couple more things coming, and uh, yeah, that's that's what we got right now. Well, and it's be been cool. a long ride. It's, it's been fun. It's been great. I mean, I got way more good memories than any bad uh, with uh-huh. the industry, and I mean, I'm still gonna be a part of the industry, of course, with the Chicago underground movement. <clears throat> you know, it's like the it's like a baby to me, you know what I'm saying? So I'm always going to be a part of the underground movement, but uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. Oh, okay. So, like, take me, if we can, let's take take me back, like, what was the age when you, when you got the, when you got the deal? Um, <clears throat> well, I, I can take you back further than that even you know what i'm saying i started i started doing music at 12. i, I started writing and, and uh you know putting lyrics together pen and pad at 12. i, I really didn't do any school work because i used to always be writing in my notepads in school i'm pretty sure most artists you know they probably got that same story because you know 
the music take over, man. It's like a bug when it hits you. It just hits you and Straight just up. go up and out. So it's like to listen to my yeah, 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 yeah. no doubt. No. I used yeah. to listen to my uncle's albums, and uh, you know, back then we had albums and Walkmans and tapes and stuff like that. So I used to listen to like Houdini, LL Cool J, uh, you know, artists like that of that era in the early 80s. Okay. And I was like, man, I wanted to do that. So around 15, I kept doing that, kept writing. I used to do uh, open mics at KKC at, you know, Kennedy King College. Uh-huh. When I, you know, when I was young and uh, doing that, I ran into a lot of different artists. I ran into Twister back then. He was the, he called himself Tongue Twister. We used to do a lot of uh, shows together. And uh, okay. I ran into uh, my man, rest in peace, Lord Priest. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, in, in fact, put me in tune with Chilla from the Snipers. And uh, we just started doing music together. And at 15, uh, we actually were signed. We got signed to a house label uh-huh. in Chicago called DJ International. And they had some stars uh, that, that a lot of people still know. Uh, they had Sundance, and she's a radio personality now. They had uh, um, Cool Rock Steady, Fast Steady, Mike Dunn. K. Alexi was was the our producer, and uh, we also got albums with him still to this day that we did back then. That was like house, and we was on the verge of hip house then. And uh, so we started doing doing that. And over the course of us doing house music and rapping so fast to the house beats over the years, as that slowed down, that's where that sniper style came from. We was just used to rapping fast. So I ain't my first deal to answer your question completely at uh 15. Whoa. so yeah so I, I got into the game at 15 and uh it was it was on since then man we went through a couple deals after that and you know, the rest is pretty much pretty much history whoa that's that's dope that's that's mad dope it was something that you said what you said like so the way that y'all create y'all style y'all rap music that's why it was so fast yeah, so what we did was, uh, like I said, shout out to to Mike Dunn, Kalexi, and all the guys that was down there DJ International, and shout out to Rocky Jones, uh, who's the owner of DJ International at that time. It was right down the corner of, of Halstead, and uh, uh, right down the street from the old Open Winfrey Studio. <clears throat> Straight up. Yeah, I used to catch the bus down. I used to go to CVS, and uh, I used to catch the busing and go down there to the studio on weekends and go through music. So we, our producer, we had uh, house tracks to do. They was doing house. House was what was popping in the the 80s, the early to mid 80s. You know, house was the thing. And so it was nothing to go in the studio and see Fast Steady, Sundance, Cool Rock Steady, you know, Mr. Lee, all of those guys, you know, the hip hop forefathers the hip house, should I say, or house forefathers in the studio. And these were the people who I was, you know, collabing with and vibing with. <clears throat> and uh, so they had put on music and it was house music. So the, the BPMs was fast, you know what I'm saying? So right. we had to rap really fast to stay up with that beat. And so over the years, as the music slowed down, we just kept rapping fast and we kind of like stumbled or accidentally made that style just by doing house music. Yeah, because, like, really, that's kind of what what it was. Because, I like, I started rapping when I was six. And every Chicago style was, like, that fast style. It was dope. It was always yeah. dope to me. And I always yeah. just wonder, like, it was like, you know, you hear other people out of the States rap fast, but it wasn't like how my city did it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it Chicago was- definitely got its own thing. And in, in, in that area of uh, of music, and you know, yeah. not just because we're from Chicago, but when you step outside the box and look at it, you know, Chicago is like a unique, it's a unique thing. You know what I'm saying? We're a unique city. Mm-hmm. And so uh, yeah, so we we had our own way of delivering that fast flow, <clears throat> and it was, it was a lot going on back then, man. I mean, like you had you had so many 
different artists at one time, much like today, but you had a lot of different artists and they were all unique and all different in their delivery and their style. And everybody brought something different to the game. It wasn't, you know, like nowadays, not just in Chicago, but to me, in my opinion, the music game is like, it's a little congested because everybody is sounding like this person and that person. Back then, everybody was into their own niche. You know what I mean? So, yeah. fast flow was different than other people's fast flow. You know, like if you listen to Twister and say Busta Rhymes, you know, Busta Rhymes rap fast too, but you don't rhyme fast like Twister though. You feel me? I like Twister. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we bring our own thing. So yeah, yeah that's, that's, that was an exciting time uh, for music for me, and that's what made me really fall in love with music even more. So you know, um, just being around a lot of those great guys and you know their energy and their their personas and you know what they brought to the game just made me want to be in it. So like, so now that you you know, doing the label now with your son and you're growing. What is the what is the things that you tell him to look out for, really, when it comes to this game? Because I know, like, my son, he be into it. My son, 10, not 11. He into, like, he like, and he, he want to rap. Like, I got little nephews and stuff. And I, I'm, I mean, I be preaching to him, like, yo, paperwork and staying loyal to what you coming in for. So, like, what is the things you tell your son? Well, the first, the first and foremost, I mean, you just you hit it on the head. I mean, you got to dot those I's and cross those, you know, cross those T's because nowadays everything is paperwork, you know, because nowadays these guys now, these young cats now, this generation has access to things that we didn't have. You know, just think about it when, well, I, we're, we're in a little different age bracket, but let me just say it from my perspective. When I was young, when I wanted to look up something or find something, I had to go to the library. I had to learn about microfiche. I had right. to, you know, get an encyclopedia. Okay. Nowadays, we walk around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? But nowadays, this generation, they walk around with a computer in their pocket. It's called a phone. So you can record on your phone. You can email. You can fill out your paperwork on your phone. It's a walking everything. So I tell my son, first and foremost, paperwork, paperwork, paperwork. Exactly what you said. That's spot on. That's the first thing I tell him about because, I mean, I I, I bump my head a lot of times in the industry by, you know, not having knowledge of the game. So I got got a lot of When you, like speaking of that, like so, I, so when looking back on like your career, I'm, you know, so, I'm be yeah, so, like, so when y'all was doing business, was did anybody like think of paperwork or was it like paperwork always came up at like the end or something? Because I hear a lot of stories like, yo, we just did music and we worried about everything later. So how was it for in your? How was it for you back then? Was your paperwork always together or was it like you got it together towards the end or how did you get it together? Hello? Oh, shit. Hey, what's up? What, what's the deal? Hello? Oh, man, you got disconnected again. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yo, yo. I, can, I can hear you now. Okay. I don't, I don't know what's going on with this connection. I'm sitting still. I don't know. But yeah, when we when we uh, first started getting into the industry level, uh, I mean, uh, to be honest, paperwork wasn't uh, at our forefront. And that was a detriment to us, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? We basically were just rapping, you know what I'm saying? We was rapping. We was out here just doing talent shows and, you know, battling people in the street. You know, we was we was at, we was grimy with it. You know what I'm saying? That's why 
we had our fan base based from the streets because we was just in the streets. We didn't know a lot about the paperwork side of things. Luckily, later on in the industry, we got good lawyers and all that. And shout out to my man Joe Madonia, who helped us seal a lot of good deals. But uh, we we definitely were uh, part of the era that you know got screwed over because we didn't know. You know, we just thought it was rapping. And once you tapped into that higher echelon and got into the industry and they started bringing out paperwork, we was like, what the hell is this? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And so, uh, yeah, we, we, we didn't, I can't, I would love to be able to sit here and tell you that we had everything together, but we didn't have our ducks in a row. We was just rapping. And uh, so, we just, we was in the streets rapping and our name got the buzz and we got a hot, hot buzz going on and then people started looking for us and then then came the paperwork and then we started getting into the paperwork but you know i wish i could sit here and tell you that we had all our ducks in a row but coming up in the game we got our heads bumped a lot because we didn't know the game coming in yeah and I, that's what i was explaining to a young artist one time i was like once you win this game they they, they you in it you know what i mean because the one thing i I grief with because I I have I went through the same thing in the beginning of my not really in tune with paperwork and then I had to really get in tune with it but it's like you know you rap and then you come in the game and once they hit that paperwork don't know they're like you yeah, should they know gonna get this. they're gonna get this regardless they gonna yeah. get if this, you don't get it then they're gonna get it for you yeah <laughs> <laughs> they gonna get this that is a fact, man. That, but see, that, nowadays it's like there's no excuse for these cats not to do it or not to know about it because they walk around with these computers in their pocket. You could just you can Google a, a, a hip hop industry book or a music book or facts. you know you can get lawyers. Or, I mean, it's it's too much information out here instead of just Facebooking and tweeting. You know, if you're really serious about your craft, bone up on it. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. The information is out here. And if you get got nowadays, it's not like back then, like, you know, in the early 80s and late 90s, all that, like, oh, we didn't know. It's like no excuse now. Like, you got access to all the information. So if I can give anybody that's uh, up, up and coming artist or uh, somebody who's trying to think about, you know, getting into the industry, the first thing is, hey, go get you a, a book. You know, download a book. You don't even got to read it nowadays. You get you download your audio book about music, music 101. You know what I'm saying? And, and bone up for yourself. Don't let somebody else tell you about it. Know what you're doing before you get into it because if this is something you're serious about, you should be serious about it. Yeah, you should definitely find out because most people don't even know about points and ASCAP or BMI and royalties and mechanical royalties and you know man there's so many ways you can get paid off of your music and, and if you don't trap down all those ways you're going to be messing up and what's crazy about that is you I didn't know it took well I know now but when I first like got dove into the paperwork I didn't know you can just call ASCAP and they'll walk you through it they oh, literally yeah. I, I didn't know, you know, I thought I thought of ASCAP, BMI, and all these things like, 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 like you can't really ask them nothing. They just, they just people who work a job like anybody else. I learned about uh, how to successfully copyright my records, and I called ASCAP, and the lady just walked me right through it. She, right. I was like, whoa, yeah. you know, I, I'm like, whoa. Everything yeah. I want to do, they just I walk mean, you right through it. They just working a job, and they yeah, I mean that's, that's their job. Day. Yeah, that's, that's their job. You know do that. Yeah, and a lot of people don't know that, so it's good you be making a podcast about this. So, some artists that's that's struggling or trying to get on, they can know to you know to check into ASCAP. Like I've been a member with ASCAP, writer and publisher, since '93. Uh, '93, so you that's got the only card. Yeah, man, I still got the car. It's in my wallet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got my car too. I got it when I was 14. I still got They don't do the yeah. car no more, though, but I got the car. Yeah, nah, nah, they don't. Yeah, I still got one. I got one for publishing and writers. They told me, you don't need one for both. I said, I want both. 
was like, I was thinking they trying to trick me and keep some of my money. I'm like, nah, I want both. So yeah. Oh, so, yeah it's, it's a good thing though, man. But uh I've been an ASCAP member since like I said about ninety-three and my son was being mine and then uh, I started telling him about ASCAP and so he tried to he's trying to go through the process to get off of BMI because a lot of artists don't know once you sign up to ASCAP or BMI it's either it's a lifetime thing it's like you either it's like joining a gang almost <laughs> yeah because yeah. Yeah. if you were ASCAP it's like you with us for life and if you were BMI you with us for life so you're trying to get out of BMI and get into ASCAP now so they sending them through all the hoops and the fiery fiery hoops and he's jumping through all of them and it's, it's difficult and it's tough for me to try to walk that road with him because I've never done that before so he's doing something new that I've never done but it's definitely a good thing uh, to associate yourself find, it's more than ASCAP and BMI too so mm-hmm. just find one that's you know find some type of publishing company or you know whichever one suits your needs as an artist but me myself, I like I like ASCAP. I like how they roll. I like how they pay. I like how they rock. So yeah, I've been like, dealing with ASCAP. I like them too. I like I like exactly how you feel. I like how they rock. So, yeah, yeah. It lets you take more control. I think I think BMI. You got to roll with like BMI Associates or something like that. That's why I ain't really go with BMI. Yeah, I, I kind of sort of researched them. I didn't really get them a whole lot of. Research. I like everybody I was dealing with at that time when I was coming into the game was with ASCAP, so oh, kind of influenced yeah. me a bit more to deal with ASCAP. But I just, I, I like, I just like ASCAP, you know. So, yeah. So, like, you see how? Do you think like? Because I'll be saying in this game, like, it's not a lot of elders that was in the game linking up with the youth today. Is it a disconnect? Or is it, you know what I'm saying? Because sooner or later, we all going to have to pass the torch. And I'll be thinking, like, would you ever think that it'll be a time where each generation of Link to actually take it over? Because when I look at music, like, the reason I think music all sound the same because we all, we don't own it, you know? We, our culture. It's going to be a time where we all link in where the elders and the these generation link in to take it to that next level. Do you ever think that's going to like happen? Or is it a way it could happen? I, I, hope it, I hope it does. But I mean, to be totally honest, I think that uh, I think we just we're just coming from two different places, you okay. know, because, you know, even when we when we speak about like, uh, uh, for example, me going to the library and having to look up microfish using encyclopedias. If I talk that to a young cat, they're like, what, what is that? And, you know, the attention, span, the attention span for the young cats nowadays is a little bit shorter than, you know, and no disrespect to, to the new move and the new wave, but the attention span to that is a little bit shorter because they got everything with instant gratification. You know, you pick up your phone, click this, like that, boom, it's there. And, you know, we used to have to take our time and sit down. And, you know, it kind of sounds like the old, the old tales from your parents, like we used to have to walk six miles in the snow with no <laughs> shoes. And, right, right. You know, but we had to do all these things to get one thing done. Well, now it's so instant. It's like you click a button and everything's there. They're like, nah, B, I ain't doing that. I just go here and I click that. So I think that we're on the same page as far as what the end game is for my generation and new generation we all wanted to be able to take care of our families and and, you know and to live out our dreams you know people do these music things a big portion of that Mm -hmm. is because they want to be able to take care of their families and first of all first and foremost i think it's because they love the music so i think we connect on that however it's just a different generation you know I've, i've stressed and tried to find a connector to, to latch both the generations together. And it's kind of hard because we're coming from two different places. I do have faith in that. I do think that there is a way. Unfortunately, I don't really know the way. You know, <laughs> if I did, I would, I would do it. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, 
we're coming from so different of a place that uh, it's kind of hard for some of the old school cats to relate to the new the new cats and it's kind of hard for some of the new cats to relate to the old cats they give us props and we give them props because we understand what they're doing and they understand what we did and you know they give us oh man you blinked out again every time you say something deep you blink out Oh man, this is crazy. I don't even know what's the deal. Am I back now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, Am you I back now. Yeah, every time you okay. say something deep, you blink out. Okay. So that. it's like so it's like our, our generation, the, the the spatial, the time spatial gap is is there. Is is definitely a real thing because they just coming from a different place. You know, they have different issues and uh different things that's important to them than what we had but it's still in the same level but I do think that it, it is a way that we can uh, connect with them and, and vibe with them and you know but it's just so different the, the things that they face now as you know as a as a young artist coming up versus me as a young artist when I come up the two it's, it's so different yeah, so different so it's we say different, like different than how. Like, can you give us an example? You know, because of the the situations and scenarios that we went through. You know, some of my hardest things was, you know, I had to get on the bus and ride here. And they, people gotta, they gotta dodge shots. You know, like you can't even send your kids outside now. Like back when we was growing up, we had respect and honor, and yeah. you know, you couldn't you couldn't really go do anything you wanted. You had to get an okay. And nowadays, it's like everybody is. It's, it's so many chiefs and not enough Indians type situation. So it's like uh, they don't they don't they don't operate off the same rules and guidelines. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely don't. Yeah, so I definitely don't. So it's it's different. It's different, but uh, I do. I have hope for it. I wish I knew, and I wish I could tell you like, oh yeah, I know this is what we can do. I really. I really don't know, brother. I've racked my brain many a night trying to figure out a way to truly connect and and get in tune with, you know, this younger generation. And I just do the best I can to reach them and, you know, give them the knowledge I got, but try to understand where they're coming from. But a lot of it is out of my reach. Like, you know, just for example, like, even our fashion, you know, like, we wore baggy jeans. And they wear tight jeans and show their asses and shit like that. Yeah. Like, I can't get with that. I don't understand where that's coming from. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> I, I know why that fashion came about. That shit came from, like, some jail shit. Like, you show your ass, that means you was gay. And they took it and flipped it into something else. I don't think that they use it as showing they get, but they, it's kind of, they lost a little bit to me, in my opinion, in certain aspects of the yeah. game but they however the flip side of that coin is they do something special that we didn't even do in my era they take all those negative things and they turn it into a positive and that's just that just goes to show you you know black boy magic black magic period you know what i'm saying just the power of our people like we've been taking part of our negatives and making it into positives for eons so you know I wish it was a way that I could tell you and answer that question and just be like, oh, yeah, we need to do this and this is how we could do it. I really don't have that answer. I wish I, I did. I feel it's why I, I, I don't got the answer either. I'll be, I'll be wrecking my really, brain. I really, too. Yeah. I really don't. I, I would love to get on here and tell you like, oh, yeah, this is all we got to do is do this. But I know one thing we need to do. We need to stick together mm -hmm. more. Yeah. And we gotta we gotta stop the violence, man. I mean, there's too many of us getting killed. We got too many of our soldiers and future leaders getting killed for nonsense. I know one thing for certain: we need to stop the black on black violence. If we kill each other off, we're doing the enemy a favor. We don't even gotta let them step in and and try to kill us off. We're doing it ourselves, and we fighting over nonsense, man. So, I think for sure, get money. Do your thing, get money, but the violence got to stop. I mean, where does it end, man? I, I, don't, I don't know how to, how to come to these brothers and really 
make that crystal clear to them like you you're killing your army <laughs> you right. know you're killing your right. army that for so I, I would definitely say that they need to do that and stop but I wish I could I wish I could answer that more for you OD I really don't know bro. do you think like cause I hear I be feeling the same way like straight up but then I be hearing people be like what is the music you put out and the thing I be saying is why is it that I can't tell my story my life or even tell a story but you can go to the movie theater and you can watch the most gruesomest movie and the actor can go home about his day. You can listen to these rock people get up there and devil worship, sacrifice itself, bite heads off of bats. But I can't tell where I come from. It's a, I be I be so confused and I be I be trying to tell people like, yo, like let us tell our story. This is where I came from. Normally, you know what I'm saying, artists, when you start, like you just telling your story from where you at right then and there. You ain't get to the the dancing and the whatever you feel because you are right about what you see. Most artists, that's how I do. And yeah. I be thinking, you know what I'm saying? Do, do you feel like do we need to change the music or should we just continue to tell our story and still say like stop the violence? Cause they be cause people be looking at I know people look at me and they be like, you kinda a hypocrite sometimes. Sometimes you making positive songs, then you making songs that's glorifying whatever I came from. But I, yeah, you know, that's that's a good question, bro, because I even look back at, you know, one of our, our most famous songs as uh coming from Snipers, my group. Mm-hmm. It's searching. And yeah, that whole searching. song came about it's about <laughs> basically it's about kicking in the dough, robbing. Yeah. And, and and like you said, it came from my experience. I mean, we was in the streets. We was young, stupid. A lot of things that I didn't say. Sometimes I even feel bad when I hear that song. Whenever I'll be on Facebook or something, or I post that song, and people will be like, man, yeah, I used to rob and kick, kick in those of that. And I was like, when I was young, I used to that. I'd be like, yeah. Then I got older. It's like, damn, you know, did I, did I add to the delinquency of my own people by putting out that type of music so it's it's a double-edged sword yeah you yeah you do tell your story and what you came from and what you did then at the same time you got to be mindful of what you're putting out there because some of it is poison because you got kids and and uh individuals out here that's listening to this music and they taking it straight word for word mm-hmm. and they want to live it out they're not, they not taking it like it's a movie. They're taking it like this is real. And they're, like, they're acting it out. And this is the persona that they take on and, and they embody that. And so it's it's a lot of days that I struggle with that because yeah. that, that song got, got us a lot of, it garnered us a lot of fame. But at the same time, when I got older, it's like, damn, you know, it's like a detriment to my people because the song that I'm mostly known for is a song about me robbing and doing all this. However, the flip side of that is, you know, unfortunately, that's what we was doing. We was living that. <laughs> right. You right, know what right. I'm saying? So it's it's crazy. So yeah, I, I, I agree with you that you should speak your truth, no matter what that truth is. And if people can't take it, then okay. However, we do have to be mindful as artists, especially now with all the power that, you know, the internet has and, you know, you can go viral in, in two minutes, you post something and boom, you're an overnight success. Like half the people that's in the industry right now come from off the internet, YouTube, and, yeah. you know, so you got to be mindful of what you put out. But at the same time, you got to be real. That's a tough balancing act because mm-hmm. it's not a movie. It's not a movie that we go down and sit and watch. This is an actual life. So if you live that life and you just speak in your life, it's just like a preacher, you know. When you when people become reverends and deacons and stuff, the best reverends and deacons, like Malcolm X, used to be a pimp and a, right, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, he he come from it, so he understood it. You know what I'm saying. So he he learned to be mindful of it. Like, okay, I did that, but he understood what it what it was to be that. And so he knew, okay, I can take that and I can switch it now. 
And that lets you know how powerful that is because that's why they wanted to kill him. Right. Because he yeah. started waking people up. So I just, you know, I hope it's a time that we can some kind of way. And again, unfortunately, I'm, I'm going to say it again. I don't I don't have the answer to to creatively tell people how to do that. But it's got to be a way. Somebody has to have a way. Somebody has to have a way to take both of those things and blend them together and not make it poisonous. You know, just like you have blowfish. That's a poisonous fish. But you can cut it in a certain way and still mm-hmm. eat it. You feel me? Mm-hmm. We got to find a way to cut out a blowfish so it can be palpable, you know, you know, to not kill you and still let people know it's dangerous. So that's a, it's a, it's a tight one. Yeah, I tell you, it's a tight one. Tell people. I tell people the same guy who created the album bomb is the same guy who the Nobel Peace Prize. So you just, I mean, you just gotta take yeah. the, yeah. you gotta take, yeah. you gotta take the good with the bad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You see what I'm saying? But I, I yeah. feel like me personally, and I, 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 well, hello. I definitely, I definitely, uh, I feel that's that's dope. That's a dope statement right there too. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I stand on. But I definitely on feel like that's what I stand yeah, on. I, I stand hope. on that statement. I stand on that statement because you get so much flack about everything that we say out of our mouth, and I'm I'm just yeah, like, yeah. yo, like I gotta tell this story because my story is so significant. Because I was a kid who found music that helped save my life. I was dealing with depression. But there are so many kids who was dealing with depression like me that that I met through my journey of telling all them stories that was quote unquote bad and not uplifting that I got an opportunity to be like, yo, that was my story, but this one I'm on. And I try to do positive things and I showcase my positive things because they, they tell you like, don't, it's like bragging when you do something for people. But I don't see, I got to fight the evil because a person can get online, right? And beat somebody up and everybody share it. And that's cool. But if I get online and I'm feeding the homeless, I'm bragging. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to over, I'm trying to overshadow the evil. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's, and that's what I'm saying. It's such a tightrope, man. So that's why I say I don't. That's the reason why I say I don't have the answer. Well, you know what? As I, as I talk to you, Od, I think I just came up on what might be an answer. It was that. Was like, I think, I think. Because what you just said just, just sparked something in me. Like, I think that, first of all, you got to tell your story because it's your story. Right. No matter what the, what, what the the thing is or how it goes, that's your story. And you're entitled to it. And that's you. That's who you are. And that's what made you. And that's, you know, that's you. Yeah. So you should. So I think, uh, and you just, man, you just said some, some deep shit. Uh, but I think in telling your story, as you're mindful of the impact that you have on society, and especially the societal norms that's going on, you 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 tell your story, but you also somehow interpret, somehow integrate into that story, you know, the backstory. Mm. Okay, this is yeah, what I yeah. did. But, you know, and this is what I went through. And so a lot of these cats, they don't have to go. You don't have to go that route. Now. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't got to go out here and sell nickel bags and try to do this. Now, it's so many other ways and, you know, it's so many other hustles. Just because you didn't go out here and sell rocks or sell blow or sell weed on the corner, that doesn't make you not street. You know what I'm saying? You can still right. be working a nine to five and be street. You know what I'm saying? So... I think that's what has to be broken. That that connection that you can't be street unless you didn't shot somebody or you know you still be street. You know what I'm saying with your knowledge and reach people. You know what I'm saying. So I, I think that's the 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 key. As I'm talking to you, I'm thinking about that. So I think I think that might be the key. Yeah, I think that might be the key. That just there's got to be more people that understand that just because you. You know, you don't have to be from the street or from this block or then shot this person or sold this drug to be significant to be in the hip hop industry. You know what I'm saying? You could you could be you, tell your story, live your truth, but 
you don't have to go and try to copy and mimic something that somebody else has done. Somebody's already done that. Do you? What, what are you going to bring different to the table? And that, and and to answer that question earlier about you know like how the industry is, everybody's sounding like this. I, I hate that part of the game right now, with the auto tunes and all that. I mean, if that's what you want to do, fine, do it. But it's people that's already done that. Like, what what's new? What are you gonna do new? How are you gonna progress the industry? How are you gonna move it forward? But how you gonna think, push the envelope and take it to a new level? Do you We've think heard really all these two chains. How, do you think they really it doesn't seem like it to me. okay it doesn't seem like it to me because you got you also got to understand you got big pockets behind the industry now right. more so than ever so they yeah. pushing the detriment of our culture they they want you to go out here and preach death and bloodshed because it sells records and also it, it keeps raising the violence it, it raises the the death toll so mm-hmm. they don't want you sitting around talking about peace and knowledge and being fruitful no they don't want that because then everybody's gonna be just like now people talk about guns and 50 rounds and 50 clips and I got extendo and I'm smoking weed and I'm drinking syrup and you know syrup is fucking your liver up the guns is killing your own people Mm. so how is that good they love it because they want you to keep doing that now as soon as you start talking some Malcolm X shit or or uh, telling people to go vote and you know your songs take out all the guns and the drugs they don't want to hear that no more. Whether well, the industry, the big industry, is not going to want to push that because they don't want that. Because guess what? You're empowering your people. So can we push that want now? Like, with is now, do you think that we can push that now and be comfortable? I see a lot of rappers that do it, but they be like, "Well, it's, it's just basically it just be like it be too much money to spend. They need to know the right." You say what? Hey, you got the J. Coles, you got your Kendrick Lamar's and you know, people like that that's pushing that. That's that's lyrical, you know, and they not every song they're not talking about shooting somebody in the face with a fifty round clip and they sipping syrup and they smoking all this with Yeah, you got those cats, but you know, they're popular but not as popular as as the guys that are saying that. So I believe you can. But it's got to be a push by more than one artist. It's got to be a multitude of artists that change it. And I think it's coming. Because eventually, all this is going to fade. It's going to fade out, too. Just like, you know, hot. My bad. Do you think it's a time and a place where we can all bring that? Oh, well, not say it like a time. Well, is it a time and a place where it all come together? Where we can just be? Because I feel like, okay, so for me, when I first I something to sing, like I have to be, I, I came from the era where you have to be original. That's why when I was doing shows, I was backbanding, yelling, doing whatever it took to get the crowd in. I was making sure my song didn't sound like the next man. And do you do you think, well, we know originality is missing, but do you think that originality can be pushed and brought to the forefront like it was back when? I think so. You still got a lot of artists that that's pushing that envelope that's that sounds you know they sound like themselves they're not you know sound like anybody else that a lot of artists copy off of and mm. try to emphasize i think you i think it is hope for that i think so i think i think it's possible you know it's just it's going to take a movement though it's like anything you know it's going to take a bunch of artists to be on the same page yeah and it's going to take artists that people are, are uh, listening to and tune to without name dropping anybody. It's going to take artists that's in the mainstream. It's going to take artists that's in the underground to all jump on the same level and be like, okay, enough. You know, so, but when when is that point? Because everybody getting paid off of this torture and this death and this drug music. Because back then, back in our days coming up, you know, we used to sell the drugs. Now, they using the drugs. <laughs> so, it's a different thing well, so it's, it's gonna take all of them to come together and be on and I guess it's gonna be done on that time because this is a big ball game right now you know but it is gonna take somebody that's in the industry in the underground they got a voice it's gonna take voices to stick together to do it so, yeah, I, yeah, okay. I, I agree yeah I agree I, I, I totally I totally agree 
I told you, man, I ain't, I ain't gonna be allowed with you on that. When I never thought of it, you're gonna need somebody. Every basic rap that's some stick together so that we can make the change and save mothers and mothers. Yeah, it's, it's gotta be unity. It's gotta be unity, and just like on the streets and for anything to come together, it's gotta be unity. It's, everybody's gotta come together under one accord. Everybody's gonna have to get sick and tired of being sick and tired, and then that's when change is gonna occur. But right now, though, I mean, you got these young cats, man. They making stupid amounts of money that <laughs> yeah. coming in, just inking their first deal, making crazy millions. So, you know, right now, I don't think that they even thinking of it. They like, you know, you coming to them and coming to them with with an idea like that. They not they they not gonna want to hear that shit because it's gonna <laughs> interfere with their money because they know where they bread and butter. And a lot of these cats don't even live like. They don't live the way that they portray on their music, and uh, and that's astounding to a lot of these these cats and artists. Like these cats be on here talking about Percocets and Mollies and all that, and then they go home to their wife and be, you know what I'm saying? It's it's a persona, just like you said with the actors. It's a fucking act for a lot of them. You got a you got a hand. You got a lot of artists that's living that, but it's it's a facade to a lot of a lot of entertainers now because people come in and they think that's what they gotta do to get on so that's what they do to get on yeah 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 it's mouthful that there's a lot of people who just don't live like that and I'm like why y'all continuously pushing it but you said like but man but yeah that's yeah that's yeah that's it but yeah, so I'm gonna wrap it up, bro. Like I said, I appreciate you, appreciate you personally. But you know, back in the day, let me get on three tracks with you, and just for what you've done for the whole Chicago scene and hip hop, like I truly appreciate you because y'all put in a lot of work. And man, like I said, like I, like I swear, I appreciate y'all, like all y'all, Psycho Drama, Twister, all y'all, man. Like, like every time I see any of y'all. Like it'd be love, whether they remember me from one thing or another, it'd always be love and it'd always be dropping jewels. That's why I be that's why I'm doing this podcast so people can see a different, different light and different shine on the music scene and us as a city. Cause just don't know, it just take a simple conversation to get something done. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's no doubt. And I doubt, man, and, and over the years, I mean, I had I had nothing but Man, so many great memories and great times uh, providing that music for you guys. You know, some of it came from, you know, a street place, a troubled place. It came from all different places. What was your like writing sessions like? I know we're supposed to get off, but what was like? What's like your what's like your go to writing session? I seen you work before, but like when you was in that time, being in the snipers and y'all putting out records. Y'all doing y'all thing. What was like? What was the studio sessions like? Hello. Ah, phone blank out. Hello. Yeah, am I back? Yeah, you back now. So uh, what we did basically was uh, the music dictated what we did, like. Uh, Sometimes we go into a session, we didn't have anything planned or, you know, any direction that we was going in. It was just somebody played a track and that track dictated what we put on the track. It was like the track was the leader. It was like the track told us what, what needed to be on that. It just gave you a vibe and we just ran with the vibe. And sometimes we had songs that we had written already or an idea that we had. But most of the time, it was just the vibe of the track. You know, the track might come on and it, the beat hump in a certain way and make you think of a melody and we start chanting a chorus to it and then we just fed off of that chorus. It just, it, it, music comes every every kind of direction, man. You know, it's like you can't, yeah. you can't bottle it up. You know what I'm saying? So we really, we really just go into our sessions and just tell a producer, put something on. We might have something already written for us. Like, oh, this would go right. 
with that track, but sometimes the, the music dictates what you put on. Oh, yeah, so we're just sitting in the session and vibe out. And we sat with some great producers. I mean, man, we we sat with Lamorne Alexander. Uh he did some work on, on uh Living in the Scope album. Uh he made uh, Candy Rain. You know what I'm saying? We had uh Hurt Him Bad who did Tupac's Hail Mary. We had we had uh Mike Dean who did work for Scarface. We had uh Seven Arielis who worked for Ja Rule and Murder Inc. We had I man, we had just great composers. We had tracks, legendary Traxton, you know what I'm saying? They work for us, Triple Darkness, Do or Die, yeah. uh Twister. So it was just whatever they put on, it just the music dictated what we put on for most part, uh for the most part of our of our music. But uh yeah, it was, it was just it was just the music telling us what what needed to be on that track. Yeah, that's why everything blended so well. Uh, not when you say that, that makes sense. That things just blend so well. It was just a vibe, man. It was just a vibe. We didn't force it, and a lot of the stuff that um, that was forced, we just it never made it to the album until we, you know, <laughs> fucked around and signed with Rap a lot. After that deal with the sound, they just started putting shit out that we that we didn't even okay and that songs that were never supposed to see the light of day they start putting that shit out so other than that we just went with our vibe you know the music told us what to do and we just did it all y'all did sound the rock yeah Ah man, oh my god, like signing with rap a lot was uh yeah, can you hear me? Got me? What? You got me? You got me? Can you hear me? Can you can you hear me? I thought we broke up again. Can you hear me? Ah, uh, well, the, the, yeah, the, short, the short part of that was uh, no, 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 uh, well, we had a we had a couple uh deals in front of us before we went to rap a lot. We actually had Jimmy Iovine and Interscope uh trying to get to us, but when we went to uh Houston and and that was rap a lot. They just had the money on the table and they was it was ready then, and it was a you know it was a bad business decision on on our part and my part mostly because I used to manage our oh, and uh, you know we was in the hood we was trying to get money and get the fuck out of the hood so we just jumped at the first money situation Jimmy Iovine had money on the table but it was the mid quarter and he was like let me you know get some things together I'm gonna get back to you he wanted to sign us bring us in with 50 Cent Dre and uh Rapala had the money on the table, but it wasn't the better deal. It wasn't, you know, looking back in hindsight, it wasn't the best deal. But like we were saying, we didn't have uh, we didn't have people on our team that was knowledgeable at that time about the industry. So we kind of jumped into a bad situation. Rapala was not the best deal that we 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 could have had or should have taken. So we. We kind of fucked up and dropped the ball by dealing with rap a lot. We finished our album with them in about two weeks, and mm-hmm. they held that fucking album for about <laughs> shit a year. If you Ooh. look at the Source magazine articles and everything, it just kept saying "coming soon, coming soon, coming soon, coming soon." We were finished. We were finished with the album, but you know they held it, and uh, for whatever reason, I don't think rap a lot at that time was really into trying to break artists. They was, you know, it was doing something that was beneficial to them. It wasn't beneficial to the artists. Oh, okay. It was, in my opinion, and and I mean, shout out to Jay Prince. I mean, he, he did help us, you know, garner, uh, you know, more uh, more of a fan base by putting us out on a, on a major platform. However, it wasn't in the best interest of snipers. And uh, 
we got that deal through Do or Die. You know what I'm saying? They 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 basically linked up with Rap a lot and they threw our name out to Jay Prince and he started looking at us and checking us out and wanted to get with us. So shout out to Do or Die. They they did their thing. They had no idea, you know, what they were getting into they, themselves. And, you know, again, like we was talking about earlier, it was just a part of the game that, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of knowledge going around at that time. It was just, we was rapping. Right. One businessman. You know, nowadays people are businessmen and rappers. You know what I'm saying? So we was just rapping and then somebody had some money. <laughs> so, <laughs> It'd be like that. So we just, he's like, oh, he got some money. So that's, that's what it was. And then I didn't know, <clears throat> I didn't know who Jimmy Iovine was at that point in time. So I was pushing the issue like, man, let's go get this money. Right, you know? right. So, I hear so if I'd have knew who Jimmy was, we'd have waited on Jimmy, man. Who knows? We'd have been, you know, way, way ahead of the game fucking with Jimmy versus dealing with Jay. We thought that dealing with a black owned label was going to be better and yada, yada, yada. And, uh, man, we still, Jay and, and Rap a Lot still owes money from, both those albums that they released on us. So, you know, me myself personally, I appreciate, you know, Jay gave me money to bury my mom's when she passed. I mean, Jay put us in high. He did a lot of stuff for us, but they also fucked us out a lot of money. So, you know, I got respect for Rap a lot because they helped us. But I also at the same time, unfortunately, say, you know, I wish I would have went a different direction that rap life. I feel you. Well, it made you made you stronger, right though? It made you like out of that. Out of those yeah, situations. Made my pockets a whole lot lighter though. Made my pockets a whole lot lighter because Jay down that playing with money that's all to us. They owe us millions of dollars, man. We never oh. that shit for <laughs> yeah, I want to get to all that, but yeah, I feel I feel you. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get into it. I, I actually do want to get into it. Nah, but, we, shit, you know my daddy's right. <laughs> nah, we going nah, to get to the other podcast. I don't want to be known for that. But yeah, I mean, I, 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 I got gratitude for what they did for our career. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, as a businessman now, it was uh, better. It was a better move that we could have made. You know, as a chess player now, I could have made a better chess move. Oh, yeah. It's, it's always it's always going to be like that. The moves, the the knowledge that you obtain now, what you would have did back then would have changed the whole course of things. That's just, yeah, it's just how it is. But I mean, what you said, you know, it put that on my head and uh, gave me knowledge to spread around and hopefully uh, it can help. It can help somebody, you know, things that we we went through can help somebody not go through and uh, be a smarter uh, businessman for it. You know, we took a lot of lumps, but, uh, you know, we still had so That's dope. Well, I, like I said before, I appreciate you, brother, for what you did for the culture of Chicago hip-hop and just being Thank a good brother to me, man. Huh? I appreciate what you did. You came through and, and, and dropped some hot bars on a whole lot of my mixtapes. So, you know, and I'll fuck with no whack motherfuckers. So, shit, I, I'm rocking with you, bro. Man, I and I'm digging it. the new shit you're doing. I'm digging that new shit you're doing. So, man, keep that shit going. And keep up with that health shit that you're doing, man. That's very important, man. Don't 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 let that lag up. Keep fighting. I seen you going up that hill on Facebook. Man, Boy. life is here. Running that motherfucking hill. You gonna get that, bro. Keep at it. Keep that man had me, shit. man had me run up and down that hill five times, and then work out for forty-five minutes. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Keep, keep it up, bro. You got it. Got this shit. Well, yeah, I appreciate you, bro. I'm most definitely, uh, before you retire, I need to get, I need to get you on the album. I'ma this next album. I'ma make sure I get you on it because I gotta. Get one with you before you, before you gracefully bow out. 
Man, you gotta hurry up because I'm about ready to go ahead in Italy and uh, dip out. So. <laughs> so, no, I'm gonna get, I'm just, I'm probably just find the beat, sing you a song, let you do your thing, and then I'll do my thing later on it. So, I gotta have it. But, like I said, I appreciate you, bro. And this is the end of the podcast. And, like I tell everybody, follow me on social media, CEO underscore OD. And find me on Instagram, CEO underscore OD, and hit the link in my bio and donate to my GoFund so I can stay independent. I'm trying to raise 250000 so I can do this next album on a big scale. And um, oh, yeah, shout out your social media and everything for me, though. No question, no question. First and foremost, I want to thank all the fans that have been following Snipers, S N Y P A Z. All of you is thanks for your support. Uh, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Stax Malone. That's S T A X X M A L O N E. Go check out that new release, Life is a Sniper. And you can find that on all digital platforms. Matter of fact, when you get on your phone, just Google Stax Malone. You'll see everything S T A X X M A L O N E. Go check out the songs that we got. Together, me and my man, CEO OD. Uh, check that out. You can find that on thatpiff.com. And uh, just it's called Money Oriented. And uh, also go look out for my, my son's new joints. Uh, Google him. His name is Deuce Out Now. You can find him on all media platforms under Deuce Out Now. D-U-E-C-E-O-U-T-N-O-W. And uh, if you need to get at me, hit me up on StacksMalone at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, that's what it is. Sniper for life. All right, man. And like always, like I tell my fans, we the squad, so we move like a squad. So appreciate you, brother. And squad. Anytime, bro. You know I got you. Yeah. Squad. Squad.